Christian. And so uh, uh, they stepped up and, and did that for us. Did a great job. Amen. I, I envy that high roof to her mouth. Amen. And, and uh, uh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's wonderful to see. Amen. Uh, to see uh, young people serving the Lord faithfully. All right, take your Bibles, turn to the book of Exodus chapter 30, and uh, you can remain receded for a little bit. I typically read the passage and then uh, we get into preaching, but I kind of wanted to uh, recap on some things. This will be, I think, the ninth message. Uh, we've been doing a series. I'm not sure how long this is going to go, but uh, we've been doing a series on the patterns of the tabernacle. And uh, uh, don't get me wrong, I, I love studying for the Word of God. I love preparing messages and, and uh, the study time that's involved in that. Uh, but I have, uh, uh, of late, uh, really enjoyed uh, these messages and getting them ready and doing some of the studies uh, on these things. It's always something I've wanted to do over the years, just never did for whatever reason. And, uh, but uh, again, this is our, um, I don't know, it might be our seventh, I don't remember what message it is. But uh, we've uh, looked at uh, several messages, again, on the patterns of the tabernacle. And, and uh, we, if you remember, we really began by just looking at the tabernacle, that is the tent, the tabernacle itself. And uh, the first message was talking about setting up the tabernacle. And, and we learned from that that it was patterned after the heavenly temple. Uh, which is exciting to think about, but today we see patterns from the tabernacle of Moses for us today. And we've been making a lot of applications uh, to that. Of course, all of these things point to Christ, amen, and, and certainly that's the, the greatest teaching of this. We learn a great deal about the tabernacle as far as patterns go from the book of Hebrews, and we spent a little time there, not going to do that today, but the book of Hebrews tells us that these that by the tabernacle we see the shadow of heavenly things. That's speaking uh, God in heaven even now, patterns of things in the heavens, a shadow of good things to come even, and as I mentioned a while ago, uh, things only get better for the Christian, amen? And uh, we see this uh, from some of these patterns uh, of the tabernacle. Um, and probably just the, the main teaching, I think, when I think about the tabernacle, and we've preached on this as well, that it's amazing to me that despite who and what we are, amen, we're, we're saved by grace if you're saved, but remember, we're still sinners saved by grace, amen, and there's nothing real desirable about a human being compared to the holiness and righteousness of God, but yet God still desires to dwell among us. Isn't that amazing? And I praise the Lord for that. And we see that in the tabernacle. And of course, the church age in which you and I live in today, uh, that is, if you're saved, the Holy Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God is God, right? Uh, and He dwells in us. And that's amazing to think about. Uh, but if you remember, we looked at even the foundations of the tabernacle, the four coverings of the tabernacle, making spe specific points about all of those. Again, all pointing to our Savior, certainly the sacrifice, that Jesus paid on our behalf. And I hope everybody here today uh, has accepted Christ as your Savior. And if you remember, we even preached a message on the pillar of cloud. Remember that that hung over the tabernacle, uh, uh, was there when the Israelites left Egypt even. And, and of course, uh, a wonderful picture of our Lord and Savior meeting all of our needs, amen, and, and protecting us, guiding us. Uh, uh, that is, as long as we stay in sight, you know, spiritually speaking, of the cloud, 
out, as long as we as believers have continual fellowship with the Lord, hey, listen, things are good, right? And, and so we praise the Lord for that. And then we started getting into some specific furnishings, furnishings that is, of the tabernacle. And uh, if you remember, we even just talked about the gate of the tabernacle itself. And that's important because we step through the gate of the tabernacle. In other words, we need to make a decision. We have to decide to step through. And what is the first thing that one would see when he stepped through the gate of the tabernacle? When he stepped through that gate, the first thing that the person had to deal with was the brazen altar. Uh, and to me, that's been the favorite message so far that, out of these for me, uh, because it was at the altar that that innocent sacrificial animal was slain. Uh, the animal was innocent, but the one that they were, was, was uh, dying for was guilty. So we have the innocent dying for the guilty, and at the altar the sin debt was paid by the spilling of blood. And of course, we automatically see that that's a wonderful word picture of Jesus Christ paying our sin debt on the cross of Calvary. I mean, that's what I see when I see the brazen altar. Uh, Jesus paying our sin debt on the cross. And we talked about Psalm 32.1. I have it on my notes here. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. And of course, we understand that word covered. Uh, we're talking about uh, being saved by the blood is really wiped away, amen. It's, it's removed as far as the east is from the west. And we praise the Lord for that. And then we looked at uh, the, the laver uh, as, as well. Uh, a laver there before you entered into the tabernacle itself. That laver was filled with water so that the priest could wash it because once, once your sin is dealt with, amen, uh, once we're saved, then we need some cleansing, right? Uh, now, we don't get clean to be saved. We get clean because we're saved, amen. And why do we need to be cleansed? So we can walk around with our chest bowed out? No, that's not it. We want to be cleansed so we can serve the Lord faithfully, amen. Uh, and that's a wonderful thing to, to consider and to think about. We need cleansing for proper service. And, and so we saw the laver certainly as a pattern of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Holy Ghost inside of us that indwells the believer once we're saved. Uh, Holy Ghost connection to our sanctification. That is our growing in the Lord. Our daily cleansing so that we can serve uh, in power. And of course the water in that laver was a pattern of the Word of God. Amen. The Bible. And uh, as we like to say here at Central Calvary Baptist Church, your attitude towards the Bible is your attitude towards God this morning. Amen. And we need that washing of the Word daily. Now remember, I'm, I'm talking to believers. Amen. We, we need that daily. And our last message, uh, we looked at the door of the tabernacle itself. Now we looked at the gate coming into the courtyard. Uh, our last message, we looked at the door of the tabernacle. In other words, you were standing in the door of the tabernacle. Your sin has been dealt with. You're saved. And now you're stepping into that holy place. Uh, and we looked at several things. We kind of talked briefly about the furniture inside there. And now we're going to begin to look at each of those separately, uh, Lord willing. Uh, but we talked about meaningful prayer. We're going to really focus on that again today. Uh, prayer, service for the believer. Uh, through the door was the holy place and then that veil and the most holy place. Amen. Uh, now, we don't have a veil today, do we? Amen. We can go, we can go boldly into the throne room of God. We, we don't need some type of religious sacrament, some type of religious rule that we have to follow. We certainly don't have to follow any person, right? Uh, we can pray to God, uh, step into that uh, throne room, if you will, uh, directly. And we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, even this morning. So as we look at this, this, uh, 
seventh or eighth lesson. I'm not exactly sure where we're at with these. But we, we hopefully are starting to see a progression that's forming in these messages. And that's why I kind of wanted to back up and tie some things together before we get it, before we read our uh, scripture for today. But the tabernacle gate, we go back to that. Well, we see a decision. In other words, we, hey, listen, you have to decide whether you want to be saved or not. Amen. Now, we know that God says, for whosoever will, right? For whosoever will. Uh, uh, so we, we understand that. And so, listen, we got to make a decision uh, to be saved. We have to make a decision to come and take care of our sin. And certainly that happens at the brazen altar. And really, once we come to the brazen altar, once we accept Christ as our Savior, that's where true acceptance and forgiveness is found. Amen? By that perfect sacrifice. And once you do that, through faith, by the way, in God's grace... Uh, you, you are saved. You're a child of the king. Uh, but for the believer, it doesn't end there, right? I mean, we're saved. We're, we're saved from the penalty of sin. But, but listen, I also want to be saved from the power of sin, amen, the influence of sin. Uh, and, and so for the believer, we find that cleansing at the laver, uh, that is cleansing by the Holy Ghost of God that's already inside of us. And, and our attitude towards the Word of God is going to play a big uh, part in that as well. And again, we do those things not to just give us a fuzzy feeling, and I hope you get a fuzzy feeling, but that's not the reason. We do those things so that we can serve the Lord Jesus Christ with all our heart, soul, and mind. Amen? And I think that's important. And so today, we step into the holy place. And the first thing we're going to look at is, I believe, the first thing that, that we would see if we were there was the altar of incense. And this is where I want to pick it up. And we're going to see here, really, the subject for today is really intercessory prayer. But we're going to be talking about a, a lot of other things as well. So if you're physically able, I'm going to ask you, if you will, to stand in reverence to the Word of God. If you're not physically able, I'll sure understand that. But if you can, I would appreciate that. But Exodus chapter 30 and we're going to read verses 1 through 10, and then we'll read some verses toward the end of the chapter uh, as well. Uh, but we have here a, just a simple description of this altar of incense, just to kind of picture this in our mind. It says, uh, now remember, at this particular time, Moses is on the mount. He's getting the directions and the patterns for these things to be built later. But we see there in verse 1 of Exodus chapter 30, And thou shalt make an altar to burn incense upon, of shittim wood shalt thou make it. A cubit shall be the length thereof, and a cubit the breadth thereof. And we'll explain what that is in a moment. Four square, four square shall it be, and two cubits shall be the height thereof. The horns thereof shall be of the same. And thou shalt overlay it with pure gold. Uh, the top thereof, and the sides thereof, round about, and the horns thereof. And thou shalt make unto it a crown of gold round about. And two golden rings shalt thou make uh, to it under the crown of it, uh, by the corners thereof, upon the two sides of it, shalt thou make it, and they shall be for places for the staves to bear it withal. And thou shalt make the staves of shatim wood, and overlay them with gold. And thou shalt put it before the veil, that is, by the ark of the testimony, that is, the ark of the covenant, before the mercy seat, the two cherubims, if you remember, where the Shekinah glory of God did dwell in the most holy place. doesn't say that in your Bible, but I'm just explaining. Before the mercy seat, that is, over the testimony, where I will meet with thee. Verse 7, And Aaron shall burn thereon sweet incense, talking about the altar of incense, 
and Aaron shall burn thereon because he was the high priest. Uh, sweet incense every morning when he dresseth the lamps, he shall burn incense upon it. And when Aaron lighteth the lamps at even, he shall burn incense upon it. Uh, a perpetual incense before the Lord throughout your generations. You shall offer no strange fire, I'm sorry, no strange incense uh, thereon, nor burnt sacrifice, nor meat offering. It wasn't the same thing as the brazen altar. Neither shall ye pour drink offering thereon, only for the incense. Verse 10, And Aaron shall make an atonement upon the horns of it once in a year with the blood of the sin offering of atonements. Once in the year shall he make atonement upon it throughout your generation. Notice, it is most holy unto the Lord. Now skip down uh, to uh, verse 34. Verse 34. And now we have a, a uh, recipe, if you will, of the incense that would be put on the altar of incense. And the Lord said unto Moses, uh, Take the sweet spices, uh, sack tea, and uh, 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 anoka, uh, and uh, galbanum, these sweet spices with pure frankincense, of each shall there be a like weight. So divide it up evenly, and thou shalt make it a perfume, a confection after the art of the apoth apothecary, uh, tempered together, pure and holy. And thou shalt beat some of it very small, and put, it, put of it before the testimony in the tabernacle of the congregation, where I will meet with thee, I shall be unto, it shall be unto you most holy. And as for the perfume, in other words, these spices put together, which thou shalt make, ye shall not make to yourselves according to the composition thereof. It shall be unto thee holy for the Lord. It was only for God, for that specific purpose. Whosoever shall make uh, like unto that to smell thereto shall be cut off from his people. Father, we ask your blessing upon the preaching of the word of God this morning. Speak to our hearts, Lord. Help us to understand some things. Father, again, if there's anyone here today that's not saved, Father, may today be the day that they accept Christ as their Savior. And Father, for us as believers, Father, our desire should be that we leave here today better than when we came in, a little closer to you. Father, we'll thank you for all you're going to do. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. All right, thank you for standing for that. I know that was a little lengthy, uh, but I wanted to just uh, kind of give you an idea here what the Bible's talking about, about this uh, altar of incense. And just like the brazen altar, we see that it's made out of two materials, uh, wood. Uh, and we talked about the wood uh, there that really points to Christ's humanity. Uh, but the wood for the brazen altar, if you remember, it wasn't covered in gold. It was covered in brass. And we spent a little time talking about that. And the brass, it strengthened the wood. In other words, it made it able to bear the heat and the weight of that sacrificial fire and even the sacrifice, sacrifice itself to be placed on. It was the brass that gave it the, the strength to do that. And so we think about Jesus in his sinless body has certainly bore the weight of the sin of the whole world. Amen? And we praise the Lord for that. When Jesus died on the cross, he died for every sin that had ever been committed, and he's died for every sin that hasn't even been committed yet. Amen? Past, present, and future sin, all paid for at one time by Jesus Christ. Uh, but here we see that the wood for the brazen, I'm sorry, for the altar of incense is covered in gold. Uh, the wood, still God's human nature, that's fine, but we, now, we know now that we got a glorified, amen, we got a glorified God, amen. In other words, uh, uh, certainly He is now glorified, and the Bible says that He is, he is setting, and sometimes He even stands at the right hand of God. 
And so we see there a, a pretty good word picture. You know, we think about our Lord and Savior as He walked upon this earth. The Bible says really with nowhere to lay His head. Uh, he was acquainted with grief. The Bible uh, describes him as a man of sorrows. He was despised and he was rejected. He was buffeted. He was scourged. He was nailed to a, to a cross. But praise the Lord, the brass, amen, held firm. And he paid our sin debt. Uh, but now he's been glorified, amen. Uh, we, we don't have a, a Savior on the cross anymore. We have a Savior in heaven. We have the wood, if you will, covered in gold. Uh, certainly the man of glory, not the man of sorrows anymore, not acquainted with grief, uh, but a man of glory. And uh, he humbled himself unto death. But certainly right now, according to the book of Ephesians, he is highly exalted. Uh, Ephesians 1, 19-23, just listen carefully. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us were to believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, talking about Jesus now, and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world but also in the world which is to come, uh, hath put all things under his, who Christ has put things under his feet, all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, the body of Christ. Amen. Boy, we like to emphasize church. Amen. We should. Which, why? Because which is the body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Hey, listen, we got, we got a glorified Christ. He has certainly represented that uh, as we think about that altar of incense being covered in gold. And just a real quick point, this one won't take long. Number two, we notice too, the position of the altar of incense. And uh, there's a, an interesting thought here. Um, uh, we believe, most theologians teach us, and, and I believe that to be correct, that, that it was basically in the center of the holy place, there in front of the veil. Um, and it's also to be noted, as we think about this progression of these, these messages that we've been talking about, uh, we have the, the brazen altar, and then we have the altar of incense, and later we'll talk about the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, but if you were able to see all those things, you know, if the curtain wasn't there, obviously, that all these three pieces here, they lined up one with the other. And there's some spiritual significance to that as well as we think about uh, the progression here, as we talk about even our Sunday school lesson, that God was certainly a God of judgment, providing a way of escape. Hey, listen, God has provided all we need. He's provided an altar, amen. He's provided His Son. Uh, he's, he's provided uh, the altar of incense. In other words, we can have communion with Him. We can be in His presence. He's given us all that we need to come to Him properly, although we live in an ungodly world. Isn't that amazing? So we praise, and, and by the way, even though we're guilty, you know, listen, uh, listen uh, you don't have fellowship with God. I hope, I hope we all do today. But if you have fellowship with God, it's not because you're a good person. It's because you've accepted Christ as your Savior. That's why, amen. Uh, and without the blood, we'd all be in trouble. And so we see that lining up and uh, a divine path to the presence of God. And praise the Lord for that. And that brings us to our third point, number three. Let's talk about the purpose of the altar of incense. And uh, we, we see there, I'll talk about the construction of it a little bit, the dimensions. Two cubits high, uh, that's about three foot. And uh, one cubit square, that's about 18 inches. So three foot high, 18 inch square, not real big. 
uh, we read there, won't have time to talk about the significance of this, but had a crown of gold around the top as well. Uh, and like the brazen altar, it too had four horns in the corners. And we won't go over that again, but uh, certainly an interesting study in of itself. Uh, we see too that it had rings. Uh, uh, these rings were made into it. And of course, through those rings, uh, staves, two staves would be entered uh, through that. They too were covered with gold. Uh, simply for carrying it, but uh, I believe also has a spiritual significance as well. And so, of course, uh, to be an altar, it had to have hot coals uh, that were burning uh, in this altar of incense. And we read there some descriptions as he gave it to uh, Aaron. Uh, in the morning and evening, uh, the incense uh, that was made up of those spices that we saw there in verses 34 through 38, they would be poured onto these coals. And that's all it is. He's pouring these spices onto these coals. So it wasn't for meat. It wasn't for anything else. It wasn't for anything else to put on there but this incense uh, that was most holy unto the Lord. Uh, and it caused a sweet savor, a sweet odor, if you will, to rise up before and even behind the veil, I believe. Uh, and we'll look at this in more detail. But notice verse 7 and 8 again. It says, And Aaron shall burn thereon. Think about this, what we've talked about. Sweet incense every morning. When he dresseth the lamps, and we'll be looking at that next week, he shall burn incense upon it. And when Aaron lighteth the lamps at even, try to imagine yourself uh, in there during this time, he shall burn incense upon it, a perpetual incense before the Lord throughout your generations. And so there's several things here that, that I think we should try to talk about a little bit. But we see this, this incense being poured onto these hot coals um, and... Uh, We'll, we'll break this down a little bit, but as I mentioned a while ago, really this altar, I believe foremost, you know, first and foremost, really is talking about prayer. And even more specifically, intercessory prayer. David would say in Psalm 141 verse 2, Let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense. So think about, I'm, I'm, I know he had that in mind when, he, when God uh, uh, gave him the inspiration to write these things. And the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. And so as with everything, I want to back up and catch something up here, pertaining to the tabernacle, including the altar of incense, uh, it too would be sprinkled by blood, as we read there, uh, with the blood of a sacrifice once a year, that sacrifice off the brazen altar. And what I'm trying to get you to understand today, folks, is, is when it comes to prayer, you know, I, I, I don't mean to be ugly, and, and, and I know people are sincere in what they think, but a lot of times what we think isn't right. Would you agree with that? I don't always think the right things. Not everything I think I have figured out, I've got figured out, okay? And, and a lot of times I'll, I'll ask people about their salvation. I'll ask people about their relationship uh, as far as heaven and hell and those types of things. And so often, it just seems like here lately more than ever, one of the first things that comes out of their mouth is they say, I pray. I pray. I talk to God. And there's certainly nothing wrong with praying. I, I'm not saying that. But, but listen, I want you to understand that, that even prayer, it's only done by the merit of the blood atonement. We have to understand that. And it doesn't matter how sincere you are. It doesn't matter how emotional you get over it. It doesn't matter about some sentimental experience that you went through. Hey, listen, without the blood, we are doomed. Amen. 
It's all about the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. I'm not trying to be ugly, but listen, no one who is not under the blood of Christ has the right to pray to God. Amen. I believe the Bible teaches that uh, because I would believe that that would certainly be strange fire. Amen. Uh, maybe one of these days we'll preach a message on strange fire. Uh, I've mentioned it from time to time. So we see there the purpose of the altar of incense. And for us today, this altar of incense certainly points to this intercessory prayer of Christ on our behalf. Again, Ephesians explains a lot of this, but Ephesians 2.18, For through Him, that is Jesus, we both have access by one Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit, unto the Father. Amen. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of Him, Ephesians 3.12. And of course, Hebrews 10.22, Let us draw near with a true heart, amen, and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Amen. That cleansing again. And so our prayers, listen, as, as saved people now that are under the blood, we need to understand they're a sweet savor unto the Lord. You know, certainly prayer uh, is, is a gift from God. It's a privilege to be able to pray to God, but it's also our duty to pray, uh, not begrudgingly, you know, those types of things. Uh, but do you realize today that prayer, for me, as I grow a little older and and uh, studying the Word of God, prayer is really, for me, uh, a time of worship. Amen. You know, in a day and age where we want to be, you know, we want our senses tickled, you know, and we call that worship. Um, you know, hey, listen, uh, I, 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 I believe, I, I tell people all the time, I don't like crowded places except at church. Amen. I, I love to see the church house full. I love to see altars full. I love conferences. I love seeing a congregation sing praises unto God. But I don't know, as I get a little older, the sweetest times, the most powerful times I'm having with God is just me and Him with me on my face praying to God. Amen. Amen. I wouldn't take it for anything. Uh, and so again, I, I believe that uh, that's uh, a lot to, to think about there. And, and I hope maybe that you uh, have that in your life as well. Uh, you can, by the way. I'm certainly nobody special. But, but our prayers are, are sweet, a sweet savor unto the Lord. Imagine that incense, again, on the merits of a risen Savior offered up into the heavenlies. And that's an amazing thought that, do you realize that, that as a saved individual, that your prayers, the prayers of the righteous now, prayers of the saved, they penetrate the throne room. Isn't that amazing? Hey, man, that ought, to, that, boy, that ought to excite us a little bit. And so when the priest, he poured that, let's go back to this, this actual time, he poured that incense on the altar, and that, that I believe even certainly smoke, uh, that, that smell went up uh, in front and behind the veil into the most holy place. And the Bible says, God says, it was most pleasing unto the Lord. Now think about that. In the same way, God hears His children when they pray to Him, amen? And it's pleasing to Him. It's a sweet savor. It's a, it's a well-pleasing to the God of heaven. That's why not only is prayer service, but I believe it's also worship as well. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, I want to talk about these stays for just a moment. We read there that they were covered in gold. Uh, and uh, uh, we also read there that they stayed. They were always with the altar of incense. In other words, when you walked into the holy place, you saw the altar of incense, but you also saw those staves uh, uh, sticking through those rings. And, of course, common sense will say, yeah, that's how they carried it. And certainly that was the practical reason, a very practical use to carry the altar with. 
Uh, it also appears uh, that many believe, and I tend to believe this too, that it would be carried really with the hot coals in it at all times even, uh, which is kind of interesting to think about. Um, and so the altar, again, when we think about it that way, and I believe that's correct, uh, it was always ready uh, for the march through the wilderness because we know uh, the tabernacle will be taken up and down as God directed through the pillar of cloud. We talked about that as they marched through their wilderness journeys for 40 years. Now, in like manner, uh, we live in a wilderness today, don't we? Amen. Now, aren't you glad this isn't heaven? You know, there's some even religions out there that want to try to make the world a better place, and that's not going to happen until Jesus comes and wipes it clean. Amen. Starts all over. Uh, but we're marching in this wilderness. As I mentioned a while ago, I, you know, as I march in this wilderness, as you march in this wilderness, I don't need to run to a specific place, and I certainly don't need to go to a specific person to pray. Amen? And I praise the Lord for that. And no matter, as I mentioned a while ago, what you might be going through, no matter the situation or the circumstance that you might find yourself involved with today, Jesus is saying, Lo, I am with you always. Amen. Even to the ends of the earth even. And we think about this beautiful word picture concerning these staves. And again, I, I, I don't know if this is, you know, I'm not sure how they walked up to the, the, the table, uh, this uh, altar of incense, if you will. But I was thinking, could it be the priest, maybe as they walked up to this, they had to, depend on which side of the table they entered it from, I wonder if they stood between the staves. In other words, do they walk in between those staves and offer that, that incense? I, I'm not sure. Um, but, but when I think about that, uh, and I think about when we pray, because this is a word picture of our prayers, uh, when we pray in Jesus' name, uh, certainly we're in the midst of His power. Amen. Amen. Isn't that wonderful to think about? Uh, we're in His everlasting arms. Amen. Uh, those staves uh, certainly could have surrounded someone there. And certainly we're in the midst of His power. We're standing between the staves. Amen. I, I love that. I love that word picture. Praise the Lord. So we see the staves. And then finally, we see the incense itself. Now the altar of incense, no doubt, uh, you know, covered in gold, very beautiful, costly. But really the real value of the altar was the incense that was poured onto the fire. I mean, that, to me, that's the key to everything here. And we have a description of that that we just read there in verses 34 through 38. And there's some people that try to figure out what these certain spices were, what they are, what they mean, but I, I think that that's really futile because the Bible doesn't say, amen. Uh, and boy, I hear all types of things. Uh, but you know, where the Bible's silent, I just, I, I, you know, <laughs> you know I'm, I'm not smart enough to, to say, uh, you know, if God doesn't say it, I, I can't really comment it on any. Uh, and, and I think really it's, it's kind of silly to waste time to try to determine even what these first three spices were, certainly frankincense, and, and even that we don't know a whole lot about according to what I've read. And certainly we think of, of baby Jesus. It was presented uh, by the Magi there and probably some type of plant that produced this frankincense. And there's a great study on that as well. But I think what we need to understand, though, and I believe what God uh, would have us to understand as we go back to that passage and he gives us the, the ingredients to that and uh, he, he says there in verse 36 and thou shalt beat some of it uh, very small put it before the testimony in the tabernacle of the congregation where I will meet with thee it shall be unto you most holy 
And then he gives some a warning, actually. He says, And as for the perfume which thou shalt make, you shall not make it to yourselves according to the composition thereof. It shall be unto thee holy for the Lord. Whosoever shall make like unto that to smell thereto shall even be cut off from his people. Now this is very important to understand. And this holy mixture, I believe, is really a secret to us today. And I believe there's some spiritual significance to that. But it makes it very clear there that when it came to this certain incense that no one was to make a substitute, amen? You couldn't make up your own. And I believe that's part of the reason uh, Aaron's sons got in trouble. They offered some type of strange fire. We don't know exactly what it is, but it could, could be that there was a mishandling of things there, amen? That'll preach. And so again, uh, listen, my point for you today is though, as we think about these pictures of Christ, hey, listen, we need to understand... Uh, and again, it doesn't matter about sincerity. It doesn't matter how you've been raised. It doesn't matter your life experiences. No one can make a substitute for the merits of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hey, listen, I, we need to understand that because, listen, heaven and hell weigh in the balance here. Amen. And we need to understand that. It's so important to understand. Hey, listen, Jesus, amen, it's His merits. And listen, the only reason you can pray is because of the blood that was spilt, as we would seen a while ago. Oh, but a lot of people try, amen, still try today. Many, uh, you know, we hear things about sacraments and works-based uh, religious type things that are being done all in the name of the Savior. Uh, trying to, listen, you're trying to make your own incense unto the Lord. And God says, I'll have none of that, Amen. So we need to be careful about things, right? And the Bible makes it clear. The savor of our own righteousness is like filthy rags. The very best in and of yourself that you could ever do, it might be the grandest thing as far as humanity is concerned, but compared to the righteousness of Christ, it's dirty rags. It will not get you even one centimeter close to heaven. And we need to understand that. And so the Bible makes it clear, the savor of our own righteousness, again, is filthy rags. It is a, a stench in the nose of a holy God. And we need to understand that. So we need to be careful about our religious things, amen? Hey, listen, and I'll be done. And we're going to look at the lampstand, uh, if God will let us, uh, next Sunday. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and get those that are uh, being baptized and help them with the baptism. If you go ahead and make your way back at this moment. And then I'll be back shortly. Uh, but I want to talk about uh, a little bit of thing, this lampstand, just real quickly. And the Bible reveals that the, the priest uh, would light the lamps. We're going to look at that next week. And he'd really burn the incense. In other words, they were done together. And I think that's real important. And the lampstand, as we'll learn next week, is about our testimony as God's children. Amen. Let me just say that prayer and testimony go together. The prayers of a righteous man do what? They availeth much, right? And so we see that. So I want us to remember too, though, the coals of the fire. And most of you know that, man, I've been praying and preaching about revival in my life, in your life, Central Calvary Baptist Church's life, our country's life, our city, whatever you want to put in there. And so I want to talk about these coals on the fire. and We'll have the invitation and we'll be done here in just a moment. But we think about the heat of that fire. Basically, the heat of the fire, it cooked the incense. In other words, if the fire wasn't hot, the incense wouldn't have done anything, would it? Right? 
Now, now stay with me. I'm almost done. And again, you guys understand, hey, listen, I, I'm not, uh, you know, we've got to be careful with our emotions and, and, and things like that. But listen, we as God's people, listen, if, if we want even just our prayers to mean something, but if we want our testimony, our life to mean something, if we want to shine before men, amen, if we want to shine before a, a lost and dying world, and I know sometimes we have seasons, don't misunderstand me. But listen, if we're going to do all these things, if we want our prayers to rise up before God, in other words, if we want to pour incense on, listen, our hearts need to be on fire this morning. Amen. Amen. We need to be, hey, listen, we ought to be the happiest people on the planet this morning. Amen. I know it's cold outside, but who cares? Amen. Jesus. Amen. Jesus is my Savior. Amen. I'm going to heaven. Amen. Amen? Like I said last week, I'm glad we're not charging the hill right now. I'd be worried. Amen. You say, preacher, that's just a little too radical. Maybe we need some radical Christianity. Amen. You know, praise the Lord. I mean, who are we talking about here? We're talking about the God of heaven. We're talking about access to a holy and righteous God. Amen. And if that don't fire you up, I don't believe anything will. Amen. Uh, and so praise the Lord for these things. I believe that's the key to revival. And as long as we sit there like this, and, you know, that's, that's what we're going to do. Amen. But we need our hearts on fire. Amen. Certainly as we pray to the Lord, but certainly as we serve the Lord. Amen. Uh, the coals were hot. They weren't lukewarm. Amen. They were hot. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so we go back to our theme for the year. Amen. There it is. Constrained by the love of Christ. Amen. Hey, listen. When you're constrained by the love of Christ, you are basically forced to do things you don't normally do. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hey, hallelujah. Amen. I tell you what. I tell you what. Let the Word of God just, just burn into your heart. Amen. It's, it's amazing what you might do for the Lord if we're constrained by the love of Christ. Are you between those staves? Amen. Are you, are you in the everlasting arms? On our Sunday evening prayer list, there, one of our prayers for our church there, and I hope you can come and be a part of that, but one of them is, our, is that our, our church family, individually speaking, that our prayer lives would improve. Amen. And boy, I, I think that's certainly going to be a key to revival, not only in our personal life, but certainly as our church as well. I'm going to ask you, if you will, to go ahead and stand, and Brother Brad's going to get some music together. I'm going to spend a little time.